To have passion in life is everything. What's your Everest? Oh, is it yeah. that 200 inch box? They just look so impressive when they're wide. Especially running away. <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode of Eastman's Elevated. It's like a think tank for outdoor activity. Sounds exactly like my hunting. Just always thinking about it, always trying to evolve it and make it better. Here's your host, Brian Barney. Hey, what's happening, guys? Gonna lay down a brand new solo episode for you. Just want to take a quick minute and thank a couple of my sponsors. I want to thank Black Rifle Coffee Company. They build the absolute best instant coffee I've ever tried. I feel great on it. It tastes like it comes straight from a French press, and, and I really enjoyed using it this past season. Uh, I have plans to use it all next season. They also have their instant tea bags, which dip it in your coffee, leave it in for a minute or two. Same great taste uh, and really easy to pack around in the mountains. So make sure to check those out this fall on your hunts. Uh, They also have uh, subscriptions there where you can get on their coffee subscription. They just have some of the best tasting brews. They're absolute coffee gurus. I just uh, love the flavors and and, uh, the different brews that they came up with. Uh, You can also just buy it by the bag. We have a landing page there. So just put in Black Rifle Coffee Company backsplash backsplash, backslash Eastman's and then uh, enter the promo code Brian and you'll save some cash on your coffee. I also want to thank Onyx. Onyx just changes the way that I scout and hunt. I use this app absolutely all the time. Lately, I've been using the tracker feature and it'll track all my miles. And in mountains... It's tough to track your miles because it's not as the crow flies as you go up and down and zig and zag and it'll track all that, do an elevation profile at the end, and then you can also edit your map. So uh, if you forgot to turn off your tracker and you drive down the road, you can go back and then edit that track. Just a great way to to keep track of your miles. And then the, the other hunting benefits to it is I've used it to, to cross a land bridge of public land that enters into a big tract of multiple square miles of public land. And so I can track right through that piece using the tracker. And then um, one time in the cliffs in New Zealand, uh, it was pretty sketchy, but I had marked a track from camp and I had worked across these cliffs and then gotten a snowstorm and it got dark and I had to come up, come back on this exact track or it was going to be a long night and super dangerous. And I was able to follow this exact track right back to camp, be able to have dinner and laugh around with my buddies. And uh, it, it was a way better scenario than than what would have turned out if I didn't make a track. So there, there's just absolutely tons of uses that, for the hunting applications for this thing. Uh, so check that out and everything that Onyx has going on. Also, make sure to check out everything we have going on over there at Eastman's. I've got a promo code for a subscription for both magazines and a free outdoor edge knife and free shipping for $50. Just enter the promo code ELEVATED321 at checkout and uh, you'll be able to get that deal. You can also get one of the magazines and an outdoor edge knife free shipping for $30 with that same promo code. Uh, Make sure to check out Beyond the Grid, the internet TV show, uh, the show on the Outdoor Channel. Make sure to check out uh, the other podcasts, Eastman's Flycast and Eastman's Wingman. And, um, man, I think that's about it for now. We'll get into this solo podcast. So, um, man, I've been hunting hard this spring. Um, I, I just love going out for spring bears. Uh, it, it's some of the funnest hunting I do. And I really like the, the focus intensity of the spring season. Uh, it's like, I've got, you know, a couple months of the spring season, which really boils down to about a month or a month plus in my area. But I get a month or a month plus where I'm, I'm solely focused on black bears. And I, I love it because it's light so late and the best hunting is really the afternoon evenings. And so, you know, I get so many days in chasing these bears around and I've described it before, but it's 99% boredom and 1% thrilling excitement. So that 1% just keeps me coming back. Um, it's just such a thrill to be able to chase dangerous game with my bow. I mean, um, out of these black bears, I've had a, a couple charge me that I've arrowed before and the danger's real and you feel it out there and, and, uh, it's just fun to be out in the wild and with my bow 
and have this great challenge in front of me. That 99% boredom is all that time that I spend out looking for these critters, and there just isn't as many of them as ungulates. And even with their populations condensed with the green wave and with the snow melt, they're still just extremely tough to find. And and um, so, yeah, I found myself this spring embarking on another challenge and looking for a, a good next-level boar. And... Um, and, and trying to make it happen on them. You know, I also have the goal uh, of hunting with my buddies and helping them be more successful. And, you know, it, it just takes a lot of days out. I think, you know, I didn't, um, I should have logged my days. I always tell you guys to keep a journal and how beneficial that is. And I did not keep a journal this year, but I have somewhere in the neighborhood of 20, 25 days in chasing these bears. And a, a big part of my season too was adventure. I'm so dialed in on this area around me and you know hunting and this goes for all spots whether it's bears or deer or elk it's a network of locations and in every year you have experience you gain to your knowledge in that area and so I've been chasing bears here in this valley for like the last 15 years or so and so I'm able to gain that knowledge every year and then use that and I've got a a network of good locations in a way I hunt these good locations as I work from vantage point to vantage point I know where the bears hang out. I know where I've seen bears before, where I've stalked bears. And and spoiler alert, like I I did kill a bear, and so we'll get into the story of it or whatever. But I killed this bear exactly where I saw one. I think it was either last year or the year before uh, with my buddy Dan. He got to play on a good chocolate in this same meadow. And so you see these bears in these same places. But, you know, it's not just having a good spot to hunt bears because you can't show up at the same spot every day. You know, you heat check a spot, you go in for a couple days, see if there's any bears working it, any bears working those meadows, and then you have to check some other spots and come back to it in a week. And so, you know, it's this combination of having this knowledge of these spots and these locations that I trust, but also still exploring. I'm always exploring. I'm always looking for new spots. And leading into this bear season, that was no different. You know, I'm looking for spots in my home valley. And like I say, I've hunted bears hard for 15 years, and, and there's still no limit to it. I mean, some of these years, I've hunted bears for 50 days a season. So an immense amount of knowledge, and I'm still going to new places and finding bears in new places. So, you know, I think it's like with any of these spots is that you you have spots that you can trust or spots that you learn or spots that you know you're going to find game. And then from there, it's exploring further into those spots. It's exploring, you know, different drainages within the same valley and just really trying to further my learning curve about bears. And so a big part of my season this year... Um, is I really wanted to do some some backpack hunting and some different mountain ranges and just challenge myself. Um, you know, I, I, I love these big backpack hunts, but, you know, in my area right now, I mean, it's feasible to do backpack hunts, but they're pretty much day hunts because, you know, the, the bears aren't going to be any higher than 7,500 feet in elevation. So, you know, it's not like you, like you just cruise back and then, you know, you can make it back 15, 20 miles and stay the night. I mean, I guess... I could backpack some of these areas, and I have backpacked some of these areas, but I just tend to kind of day hunt them. You know, I have these evenings, and I'll go out, and I'll day hunt, and I'll make a good push, and put on good miles, and grab good vantages, and either I see one or I don't. And the fun part of bear hunting is when you see one you want to kill. And and they, it seems like they they never show up close. Like, they're always a million miles away. It's always like, can I get to him? You know, gosh, it's going to take me two hours. Gosh, it's going to take me three hours to make it there. But I love embarking on these adventures where you, you go on these, these long stocks and these long plays and maybe it happens most of the time it doesn't, you know, because they're not there when I get there or, uh, they blank me or, you know, whatever the case is, you know, maybe wind gets in there or who knows, but and then I've got this long walk back in the dark or whatever, but I just love the feeling of going for it and sending it or looking at a bear so far away and going, yep, I'm going for him. Um, so, so that's part of the fun for me. But a big part this season was to explore a couple new mountain ranges and do some backpack hunts where I go in for the weekends. And, you know, right now... We're so busy at, at Barney Construction and so busy, you know, with the podcast and everything that I have to get done. And, and then my family, too. We we had four sports going, traveling volleyball, golf. We had um, 
um, a softball, we had track, so we had a bunch going, and and really, you know, I'm I'm trying to be the 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 best man I can, so I've got to be there for my family, and so you know, I had to give up a couple weekends for some volleyball tournaments and things, and um, you know, which I don't mind doing. It's in, important to my family to support them and make sure I'm there for them, and and uh, be the best dad, best husband I can be. You know, that's all part of my ethos of being the best backcountry hunter I can be. It's like. It's no good if I'm this great hunter if I end up getting divorced and my kids hate me. You know, it's like um, it's something I truly love with every fiber in my being, and they know that and they support it. I love working hard towards my goals and running and shooting my bow and map research, and then I love the challenge of these hunts. But you have to you have to be all in and go for it, and and they get it and support me. But you know, I also want to make sure that I'm supporting them and doing the best job I can. Um, so, so that's a big part of my game. So, you know, I had uh, spent a couple weekends doing volleyball tournaments, and every time I'm at these tournaments, I'm I'm running these new areas and scouting new muley areas and um, getting back on state land or wherever we're at. Uh, you know, I I get my runs in and and uh, get my training in and uh, able to keep a, a a good attitude, support my girls and and things of that nature. But a big part of my season this year was going on like some super adventures with my backpack. And, and it just made me realize strapping on that backpack, like how well we have to be prepared for these fall hunts. You know, I'm, I'm constantly running and I tell you guys about the elevation and, and miles that I do and, and how it puts a higher level exertion on me in a shorter amount of time. And it keeps me in really good shape, prime shape. But Putting a backpack on and going backpacking, man, it's it's just um, it it's an equalizer. Getting that weight on my back and then doing you know a bunch of elevation a day, man, it's a grind. It wears on me, and it and it's just a great reminder that I need to uh, really prepare. It's not only the running miles, but you know I also use my scouting um, to to take in my backpack with um, good weight and go scout for like mule deer and cover country and. You know, it's a great like practice for season. It's a warm up. Like you do these three day bonsai trips, and I cover so many miles in these bonsai trips. You know, I don't know, 50, 60 miles. I, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm blindly guessing or labeling it, but just do a ton of miles and a ton of elevation. I want to see a ton of country when I'm scouting, camp in different locations, locate where bucks like and, and where they don't. And, and, um, and and I use these trips. It's it's backpacking with weight on my back. It's this weighted ruck, and that weighted ruck is just so important. It makes me realize it. Bear season is heavy for these backpack trips, so it's tough to go lightweight. Like I'm I'm hunting in grizzly bear territory. I've seen five of them this season. Uh, so there's definitely grizz bears around. And then like I told you, I've been charged by two of these bears that I've arrowed, and I've got this responsibility to you know, come home to my family and keep myself safe out there. Like I love the adventure. I love the challenge. And I, I love that, um, uh, that it is dangerous and, and that, you know, I have to have my wits about me and be prepared. And I, I prepared nonstop this season with my pistol, (laughs) which I did have misfire a couple times, just, uh, FYI. Oh my gosh. Does that make me nervous? I've got a Glock 10 mil that I just trust. Well, I had a Glock 40 before that that never misfired one shot in my entire life. And now uh, I've had this Glock that's misfired a couple times on me. It was the first shot ever through the gun. It misfired. So I thought, oh, sticky firing pin. Now, I should have cleaned the gun. I should have went home and cleaned it instantly. But I just thought, well, it was the first round, and then it shot clips fine. And then as I keep shooting, I had one the other day that misfired. So I went totally through my pistol, cleaned everything up, oiled everything. I haven't had a misfire since, but boy, talk about a little nervous when you're like uh, trusting your life with that thing. But I, I've ran a bunch of ammo through it. I, I don't think it's the guy. I think, um, and I looked on the um, on the shells that had fired, and it looked like my firing pin was hitting a little bit harder. Like not only did I have my firing pin marked, but there's like a square behind it, and then. The shell that didn't go off, the firing pin is indented way into the primer. It looks like it should have gone, but there's not that square mark on the back, almost like the firing pin didn't hit as hard. (laughs) But, you know, Glock is like, uh, 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 they're a million years out for service right now, like like everything in the hunting industry, you know, it's just uh, everybody's behind, you know, from COVID and everybody's busy, you know, we, um, you know, uh, uh, Democrat gets in power and um, seems like ammo and guns are tough to come by and and 
you know, maybe rightfully so. I'm just saying, you know, I, I don't. Uh, it's just tough to get ammo and and uh, tough to get guns. So I don't feel like sending the the gun back in, and I definitely can't send it in like middle of the season. Uh, then I don't have a pistol. But that's that's um, nor here nor there. But uh, just uh, some information, anyways. So I've got it all oiled up. I've ran multiple clips through it. Uh, I think everything's fine. But I am trusting my life to that thing. Um, so I've got to bring my pistol. Pistol's five pounds. Got to bring my good camera. That's five pounds. You know, and I found with bears, like I love glassing with those 15 by, um, X binos, but bears are like the toughest animal to judge. And so I found that I just really like to have my scope with me. So, uh, I've got my scope and my tripod, got my pistol, got my good camera. Like I'm, I'm 28 pounds before I ever leave the trailhead. I haven't even stuck any food and water in, you know, it's just crazy. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm heavy on these backpack trips and by heavy, I mean, you know, in between 40 and 50 or so. And then, um, you know, I'm getting, I'm getting to where I think I should stick that bow on my pack more. So I'm comfortable sticking it on my pack, having nothing rub. I've got good cinch points on my bow. Um, I hate putting that extra weight on my back, but your legs are carrying it no matter what. Even if I'm holding on to a bow or if I'm carrying it on my pack, I'm carrying that load on my legs no matter what. Now, more weight on your pack will wear on on your shoulders or your hips or whatever the case is, but but you cinch all that weight down, lock it all in, and then able to use trekking poles to, to really cover more miles, and those trekking poles are just like four-wheel drive. For extreme country, for a lot of miles, for pack outs, they're just so advantageous. Um, so I'm getting to do that more. But, you know, then you got a 50-pound pack and strap my 10-pound bow on there. I'm not sure. I do need to weigh my bow. It's um, I add a pound of weight to it. You know, what, what are bows? They come, you know, bare bow at four and then add all the accessories and then your arrows. I mean, they're probably eight pounds anyways. I should weigh mine so I know. I'm just guessing at it. But... Uh, my point is, is that there are a lot of weight and that weight, man, it's just that exertion. It's like I can go run up 3000 feet and 10 miles, no problem. But that 3000 feet and 10 miles with a weighted backpack is going to take me longer. I'm going to have to grind at it. So it just reminds me that preparing for season, like I really have to be ready for that weighted ruck. Um, so uh, just just one of uh, my insights I had throughout season. But a, a big part of my season was going on these big adventures, like going for a big three-dayer and disappearing in the wilderness and, and backpacking around and hitting different features. And so I was able to accomplish that. I went to a couple different mountain ranges, definitely spotted bears. It's just tough like that that next level boar that I'm looking for. And, you know, he doesn't have to be a world record or anything. I'm just looking for a big mature boar. And I, I used to set my standards at like even a, a good medium boar, you know, I, I would make a stock on and make a play, but I'm getting to the point where I, you know, I've killed a lot of these mediums and, and killed some big bears. And, um, you know, it's like, uh, you know, set my sights a little bit higher for a trophy bear. And if, if I don't kill him this year, that's fine. You know, it's like, I'll continue the journey into next year, but you know, I want to shoot a bear that I am absolutely psyched with when I, when I get up to him, you know, and, and, and we're all on different levels. We're all on different rungs of the trophy ladder and, and, and nothing against anybody that wants to shoot a good medium bear. I mean, a good medium bear is tough to kill. Like, let's be honest to kill one, you know, that's five and a half foot and an 18 inch skull. That's a trophy bear. That's a good bear. Um, but there's some bigger ones out here, you know, um, the West and Montana and all these Western States, man, we got some bears that are just amazing. You know, six foot plus six foot six, even upwards of seven foot and, and every bear is built different. But then just these giant pumpkin heads on them, you know, the skulls that'll go 19 plus 20 plus 21 inch plus. And and I haven't measured the skull on on uh, this year's bear yet. But, um, man, I just I love having an opportunity at those bears. And it seems like a lot of the years I'll shoot you know, a really good medium bear that I'm happy with, that I'm psyched with and have a bear down. But as I continue to hunt through the season to help buddies, man, I see some absolute giants. And I think to myself, man, if, if I wouldn't have tagged out, like I'd have a chance at this dream bear. And, um, so that was the goal this year is to, to look for a really big one, help buddies and have, um, some wild adventures. And so, uh, went to a couple different mountain ranges, covered great miles, saw bears, just didn't see the right one in the right place. And, it's tough, man. I didn't get a stock nearly all season long. 
I just, um, a lot of bears aren't quite there for size. And then some bears that I do see are just so far off with a not enough time to get to them or, you know, not in a great spot to kill them. And, and I'm all for sending it. I'm all for the adventure and just going for the stock and giving myself a chance. But I was finding a lot of these bears in really sparse timber where I just knew I didn't have much of a chance. And so there's one giant chocolate I saw that, um, a long ways off he was in the timber and then he disappeared in another fold of timber and on the move and I just had no chance I probably had another five miles to get to him so I uh, didn't have much of a chance for that bear but I did look for that bear multiple times after that in that location and never did turn him up again um, who knows he was somewhere in there just couldn't locate him but sure tried to find him again and then there was another good bear I've been hunting with buddies. Again, I just really want my buddy Dan to fill out. He's with me last year on that bear. He's just a great hunting partner, and and uh, he's killed some great bears and and um, killed a bunch together. But last couple of years, man, he's just had some some bad luck on bears where he's just a step away or a draw away or a you know so close. He's been in bow range. I've been in bow range with him on so many bears, you know. So I really wanted to see him close. So we hunted hard here. Oh, three days. And there was, there was one day where we saw three bears and made a play down after a chocolate Dan was going to shoot and never did catch up to him. And then, um, yeah, I've seen five grizzlies this year. So definitely got to have your head on a swivel out there. Um, giant boar, sow and a cub. And then I saw a different sow and a cub. So, um, and some tracks around here and there. And so, you know, it's just a, it's just hunting grizzly country. Um, you know, you you just don't. You always got to be paying attention, paying attention to sign and glassing where those those bears are, and and making sure that you're giving them space. I mean, the one drainage I hiked up in, there was a sow and a cub in there, giant cub, like two year old cub, and then giant mom. And um, yeah, I walked in that drainage or whatever, saw him in that drainage, and I was, I hung out for a little bit, and it was like, well, I you know, I don't need to mess with these things, you know. I'm out of here. I'm I'm going to go check out a different spot and go hike over to a different drainage and just leave them be. Just stay out of their way. I don't need to bump into that thing coming down in the dark or whatever into a bad situation. But um, hunting in, in grizzly bear country, you know, they're not like out hunting you or monsters. Like I've never heard of anybody being ripped out of their tent or anything like that. It's the, the worst case scenarios are a sow with cubs or um, uh, a bear that's trying to protect a carcass. So there was a guy that died over in West Yellowstone, which is close, about 60 miles away from me. Man, and um, he was a, f- a fishing guide, had his bear spray. He walked down to this hole in the Madison that I've fished a bunch. I've walked down. It's like the first bend in the Madison. It's not even that far. He walked down there and ran into a grizzly with um, that was guarding a moose carcass and attacked this guy and, and ended up passing away. It's, um, man, it's just horrible. Like, um, man, some of these bear-human conflicts just, um, you know, that man, it's just rough. You know? It's like it, that could totally be me fishing that spot. Uh, you just, you know, as a young guy, is like 40 years old or young to me anyways at, at 41, but, um, yeah, he's 40 years old and man, I just feel so bad for him and feel so bad for his family or whatever. But yeah, those conflicts do happen, but those are the worst case scenarios. And there's a lot of people in the woods and it doesn't happen that often. Like I say, these bears aren't hunting for us out there. It's, it's like those scenarios you got to look out for. And then it's like when you're under a hundred yards on a grizzly bear, he has to choose fight or flight. Black bears have to do the same. They they choose fight or flight when you're under 100 yards and they, they're aware of your presence. And grizzly bears are just more ornery. They, they're the, the, the king of the mountain. They don't have any predators. And, and so, you know, when you get under that 100 yards, I mean, anything can happen, you know. And so um, you want to try to keep yourself out of that scenario. I don't yell at bears inside 100 yards. Uh, if I see a bear inside of a hundred yards, I'm just trying to sneak out of there and not give that thing my wind and just trying to give them space. And, and if I do have a bear inside a hundred yards and I can't move, like I'm just going to sit there still and quiet and let that bear work off. Like I'm not going to start yelling at him or make my presence known unless he starts coming at me and I have to wave my arms and, and yell and let him know I'm a human, which most cases they run away from you. I mean, most of these bears are pretty well behaved around here. It's just those couple circumstances you got to worry about, but you know, it's, it, it's a real danger in these, in these places I hunt, you know, it's like people do get attacked. And so definitely like have to be prepared 
you know, not only for that, but how you'll handle situations with pistol or with bear spray. And, um, you know, it's, it's like those decisions you make in, in, you know, this chaos is going to determine whether you come out or not, you know? So it's super important to, to be mentally prepared for these situations. But, um, anyways, hunt, hunting bears and then, uh, really wanted Dan to get one and he hasn't got one yet. We've got 15 days left in the season. So hopefully he makes another run or two out here and, and we can get after these things. Cause man, he deserves it. He's been putting in the time and effort and definitely had a bunch of close calls with good black bears. So I want to see him fill out. I had another couple buddies come out. Uh, majority of my buddies like hunting these bears with a bow is so difficult. Like I, you know, you just need more opportunities than, than a rifle guy does. Like, um, you, you, you're not as, you're not, your percentage goes down. Like you're, you're just more effective with a rifle, less effective with the bow. And so you're going to need more stocks to get it done. And so it's one of the things that's made me a great bear hunter is hunting with my bow. I fail a lot, but that means I get to hunt a lot. And so I get a ton of experience. Like the first big black bear I see or that I get a chance at, there's no guarantee that, and I can lay down, get a rest aim at 200 yards and close the deal on him. Like I may make a stock and he may win me or be gone when I get there. And so I get to keep hunting and keep gaining that experience. So it's turned me into the bear hunter that I am. And so most of the time, if I'm going to team up with guys, it's like, oh, uh, what weapon are you taking? Okay. Taking a rifle. Well, let's, um, let's split up. I'll be in the area or, you know, if he's with a bow, I'll, I'll, uh, we'll, we'll go together, you know? And so, you know, I have multiple buddies that I, that I bear hunt with, but I have two friends and, uh, one guy's from the East coast. And, and, um, so he's never shot a bear. He's got a week to come hunt him when, you know, I have the entire season and, uh, they're both really good guys that I know. And so I said, well, I'll team up with you guys as much as I can. And so I really wanted to help those guys out, uh, see him get a chance at a bear. It's his second season doing this, and, and, you know, taking off the time, buying flights, buying out-of-state tags or whatever. So any help I can give to these friends, you know, um, is worthwhile. So I hunted with these couple guys for about a week or so and turned them on to some vantage points. And we saw some bears, and they got a, made a play on a bear that um, no-showed on them, like saw them in a feature, went over, grabbed a closer vantage point, and then never saw that bear come out again. Who knows if the bear caught their wind or just moved off being a bear. And then one night we caught the perfect scenario. Uh, met him on one of the vantage points, sent him a pin, and then we met there. I kind of went around the backside and sent them around the face and then met at this pin. Sat on the vantage point for about an hour or so. I said, oh, guys, let's go over to these cliffs. There's a pretty good look off these cliffs. We can kind of see some different features and walked over. And, man, there was a giant chocolate down there. Just a, a big old pumpkin-headed chocolate. Like um, you know, that next-level boar that I've been looking for, you know, or uh, next level boar that I want to kill. But um, got a buddy here, man. He's from the East Coast. He's never had an opportunity. He's got a rifle. He's got a higher percentage than I do. And so you know, I just told him, I said, hey, grab your rifle. So we ran over and, and um, got him set up. And it it's just like this is another one of those insights or reminders. Like, you, you know, even carrying around a rifle, like like it's not easy to close a deal and execute a shot and find your shooting position. I mean, it's absolute chaos, you know. So we're trying to get him a rest. And I see he's laid down and he can't see it through his scope, but I see his rifle is just pointed right at this stick, you know. And I keep I keep looking down and getting the view of his rifle. And I said, man, I think you're going to hit that stick. you got to reset up. And so backed off the cliffs a little bit, got another lay down rest. But these shooting positions, like there's something that everybody needs to practice. And especially if you're shooting with a rifle is, is practicing that sitting position, uh, that prone position, uh, that, that rest over a tree, because when it happens, it's all chaos and, and, and you have to execute a good shot. And so he laid down, but it was a really awkward position on the hillside and he had bipods on. We actually didn't have our packs. Our packs um, were, we ditched them over off the vantage point. I was just walking over to these cliffs for a quick look, and all of a sudden there's a giant chocolate working this south face right in front of us. Um, so, you know, we got set up on his bipod, but just tough to get set up. And then these bears never stop moving. You think the challenge is getting in range of them, and, and then the thing never stops, and he's just in and out of the trees, in and out of the trees, and just not really stopping, giving them a shot, but finally stops. He shoots, and and shell goes behind the bear. And I see the dirt fly up, and I said, oh, you're behind him. And 
and jacked another shell in and then had to change positions and again just absolute chaos and then we get the bear coming up the hillside and and he stops for just a second and squeeze again and and shot rings low um so you know it, it's just um the guy's like an absolute go-getter and a closer he's killed a, a bunch of deer and um uh, i believe an elk last year and so uh the guy absolutely gets after it but it's like um, in that chaos, you know, it's not the same as sitting in a tree stand and having a relaxed deer and waiting for that perfect position. Like out west, things happen quick and that bear's moving all the time and it, it was just chaos. And later he told me that um, he found fur and, and jerked the trigger, which was really big of him to admit, you know, that, hey, you know, here's what happened. And so the guy practiced with his rifle, shooting good, all ready to go. And you get that bear in front of you. He freezes for a second, put that crosshairs on him and and jerk that trigger. And jerking that trigger is like the worst move you can do. And I know because I've done it with a rifle before. Heck, I've done it with a bow. Like your whole body is just screaming at you now. And you have to fight that urge and execute a good shot. But, you know, I just want to tell you guys that to like remember coming into season that it isn't a given that you have to execute a good shot. It's not only practice practicing with your your gear it's that execution under clutch under pressure to to deliver that perfect shot and so you know he was pretty bummed and rightfully so and 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 felt bad and there was nothing to feel bad about like all of us have missed you know it's um and, and you know it probably won't be the last time for any of us you know that's just how it goes but it's a really good lesson to remember quality execution and to be walking around the woods preparing yourself for that moment because it's it's going to come down to making a shot every successful hunt comes down to making a shot and that's with a bow and with a rifle and you can make that shot 99 out of 100 times but that that one out of 100 that you're going to have is going to be like your opportunity on that bear you know it's like your worst shot like I always look at my archery groups when I go down and I look at the worst arrow and that worst arrow is probably going to be my shot on an animal with my adrenaline running uh, feet unstable like the whole deal and so like you just have to to practice and ready yourself for for that to come because you know it, you put in the work and you you put in all these miles and all these vantage points and it comes down to making that shot and I think he knows as well as I do that if he would have sat behind his rifle, put the crosshairs on and squeeze that trigger like he knows how to do, that bear would have died. It would have been a done deal. Uh, but but the big chocolate, he made it out, made it out alive. And uh, my buddies kept hunting for a couple more days and, and couldn't come through on a on a bear. I know they had a great trip and, um, you know, got a close call and, and saw bears. And so it was a great trip. It was a successful trip for him, but I know he's a little bummed to uh, – miss that shot it it just happens and you know and and me too you know it's like going all season long and here's this chocolate you know that I that I'd love to go stock and kill that's in the perfect place with my bow and um you know I'm still stockless you know I I still haven't made a play um which is part of hunting and I want my buddies to be as successful as I am and I I want to give guys those opportunities man it, it would have been a, a a great chocolate for them but didn't work out i'm still on the hunt so those guys take off and man just keep after it and uh actually got a like a bad snowstorm and i i've been trying really hard um just to up my mental game um you know we're, we're all in this evolution of a hunter we're all trying to get better and trying to improve and trying to be more efficient and it isn't like these magic spots that i have like it, it it's showing up with a great skill set that i've really worked on and that skill set you know, that goes for, for locating animals, for choosing good spots, but I've really been working on, on this, you know, on the positive mindset and positive attitude because there's always challenges on a hunt. And like this year, I'm just seeing such an in, influx of, of new hunters or new people or, or people that are stoked about hunting, which is great. We, we need a bigger voice. Like you want a lot of people to be hunting. You just don't want them to be hunting in your spots. <laughs> so like, I, I don't like seeing boot tracks. I like being on my own and um you know it's just bear hunting's caught in popularity and for good reason it's so it's so fun and it's a great way to get out in the spring so I definitely don't blame guys but I'm used to parking at these trailheads and I'm used to being the only one that parks there in the evening like maybe I see a truck on the weekend at one of these trailheads but for the most part I have it all to myself you know and and, and have for years which has been amazing but just year by year I see more and more pressure and this year it was, it was almost everywhere I went, every time I parked, there was vehicles. 
You know, there'd be two vehicles at the trailhead, three vehicles at the trailhead. And, you know, I, I had to really work to keep this positive mindset that just goes, no, you know, I know how I'm going to hunt this place. And if I run into guys, I'll go hunt this area or, you know, and, and I'm willing to go farther. Like these guys might be parked here, but they're not going to go walk across this, you know, go lose 1500 and gain 1500 to hunt that center ridge over there. You know, that that's my spot. I can I can go hunt that. And nobody's going to bother me. So it's just a like it's like this positive mindset. I just like um uh, having that mental fortitude and I know it'll pay dividends. It, I mean, it already paid dividends for bear season, but it'll pay dividends for like this hunting season as well. And so just working really hard to keep that, that positive mindset, that positive attitude and keep pushing, you know, so trucks at the trailhead. Uh, good. I'll go further. I'll go find new spots. I'll figure it out, you know, and, and also that goes for weather too. So, um, the weather turned nasty here in Montana. Like we got a snowstorm that dumped over a foot. And I had a really good buddy, Dylan, that came to town and, you know, he kind of texted me the day before and he goes, hey, we still on? And I'm like, yeah, we're still on. It looked like just some rain showers or whatever coming in, which can be really good bear hunting. I said, yeah, it'll be good. It's been good the last week. And so Dylan came down. We were hunting. I really want to see Dylan get a bear as well. Uh, He's new to bear hunting, but he's committed to his bow. He's a heck of a bow hunter and a heck of a good friend to me. I really like that guy. And so, you know, likewise, I want to see him get an opportunity on a bear, whether it's a good medium or a big, whatever the case is. Like, um, you know, we're, we're going to get him a stock and get him that excitement and that thrill of chasing bears. So so I get him hooked on it and I have a new bear hunting partner or another bear hunting partner, you know, not a new one. But um, so anyways, I want to see him get a chance. But, you know, it's just nasty. It's a foot of snow. But again, back to that positive mental attitude, it's like. Well, we're not going to kill him from the truck, you know. So we went out and walked an absolute snowstorm, just hoping to cut a track. And it's like, yeah, my chances of killing a bear cutting a track are so low. Like, uh, you know, I do my best work by glassing. And and I love setting up on good vantage points, especially bear season. And I'll change vantage points and check out canyons, but I just love a master vantage point. You can see so many miles of country and see if those animals come out and, it goes for deer and elk too. I just love master vantage points, but, it, but it's also these, these glassing skills that you learn. And I mean, you're absolutely OCD with your binos everywhere you walk around at, you know, like whether you're hunting mule deer or elk or bears, the, those binos are constantly glued to my eyes. Every new opening I can see, every little black tough, uh, uh, dead log or whatever the case is I'm just constantly glassing constantly putting my eyes up to the glass and and looking at these spots and then you you also get really good at dissecting country being able to get to a master vantage and see miles of country and be able to pick your way through it and then start over and pick your way through it and start over and um, you get really good also at like looking for the right shape sizes and colors and so you know with bears it's a trained eye and like I say 15 years of looking for those things like um, you get a pretty good Good, trained eye looking for them same with muleys same with elk and and again like these are all these skills that go into our skill set that determine whether or not we're successful on one of these big backcountry hunts so um Dylan came down, keeping a positive mental attitude, walking in snowstorms, which is just stupid, ridiculous. And then we grabbed vantage points for a couple days and just nothing, just blanco. I mean, didn't see a track, didn't see a bear. The hillsides are white. It's uh, 25 degrees out. It's just not great bear hunting weather. So uh, Dylan has to head home. He was just down for a quick trip. And uh, I let a couple days go by there, kind of let the weather warm back up team up with Dan again and go out and uh, chasing bears pretty hard uh, get a play on that chocolate like I say and then um, you know Dan's got to get some work done and got to head back and and um, so I think he hunted three or four days and then um, headed back and and uh, so yeah I, I just um, keep hunting I've got until the 15th of June and so you know it again that positive mental attitude and it's just uh every free night that i can get away and can go hunt you know i i need to be out there and give myself a chance and and really the our grass was so late this year it's not a typical year for these spots in montana it's um it's been really late to green up and then as it did green up it just greened up everywhere the meadow grass and the timber and so I was seeing a lot of these bears in the timber glassing, which is really tough to kill them. Like they just weren't keyed into the, to the meadows like they should be, or at least it seemed to me in the spots that I was hunting, you know, uh, but still picked out some bears here and there. 
just didn't didn't see the right one or didn't see that big bore um, but just yearning for a chance for a, for an opportunity to to make a play and a stock and get that thrilling close encounter that one percent payoff you know and so um just kept pushing and kept going and so uh went out um see when was that sunday sunday night day before memorial day and um you know, stop again at the trailhead and it's, it's Sunday. So I get it, but you know, three trucks at the trailhead, which most of the time I'm by myself there. And so I roll out and I roll down this, this long ridge line all the way down into this great master vantage point I have down there. And I get all the way down there and I, I see a guy in orange that's sitting on that vantage point. So I said, well, he's got it tonight or he's covering this drainage. And so, you know, I'll bail off here and go lose a bunch of elevation and go check these canyons where I'd seen a couple bears, a uh, handful of days earlier, and so dove down in there and and uh, made a good hunt, and uh, pretty much wrapped up. Uh, saw a little bit of bear sign, didn't turn up any bears that night, and then um, just cruising back. It was kind of like a, a overcast, cooler day, and so um, you know the the afternoon is probably prime time where uh, evening it's getting late, and then you know in that last hour it's like, well, even if I see one a handful of miles over, you know. Uh, uh, gonna have a tough time getting to him so I might as well like hunt my way back and check some spots on the way back and so um just check this vantage point and looked off into this little drainage and it's this little drainage and then it's got this green grass that rolls over on it and um god I look up I look over there get get to the spot look out and uh just see this giant red bear I mean it just looks like a red horse out there a red cow you know it's so big you know I look at him and I'm like, Jesus, that's a good boar, you know? And then I see like this little, I see a bear behind him, which seeing two bears is never a good thing. Or Well, I shouldn't say never, but usually that means sow with cubs. And I'm like, no way is that a sow. No way. You know, it's this giant boar with this giant pumpkin head on him, you know? And pretty soon I see this uh, jet black sow come out. And so it was a little strange because usually the boar is chasing the sow. So the sow would be out and the boar would come after. In this case... The sow was chasing the boar, you know, it looked that way, uh, the way it was, but they both came out to this meadow and just started feeding in there. They're in the absolute perfect spot. Game time. Just like all in. This is the opportunity I've been waiting for all year long. And so, yep, rock and roll. I'm, I'm down off the vantage point and I'm reading winds and I'm actually thinking I'm going to come in above this bear or like, um, kind of it's not really like above or below it's pretty like rolling terrain so i'm coming in at the same elevation but if i'm thinking i'm going to come in higher than the bear because the winds are kind of still moving up the canyon the the sun's just setting or it, it there's still even sunlight out like the sun hasn't even set quite yet 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 Is that, I don't, that's not proper english but uh it ha- hasn't set yet and so, uh, uh, anyway, so I start closing in, think I'm going to come in above this bear. And all of a sudden I hit a Crick bottom and, and that wind is shooting downhill. Like that downhill thermal is strong and, and I'm going to stay in this Crick Canyon or in this basin Canyon as I make my way to this bear. So I quickly like, like, uh, uh, reset from the wind, check the wind a few times. It's pretty consistent. It's coming down. So now I'm going to come in below the bear, same elevation, but lower on the hillside. If that makes sense. And so um, start rolling in and uh, dump my pack, uh, throw, throw my pistol in. I've got like this this holster that'll sit on my pack, but then I can also pull it off and I can just put it uh, in, my, in my belt or in my, um, like around my waistband or whatever, lock in my pistol there. So now I just have my bow, no weight on my back. Like I, I feel lethal once I get rid of that weight. Like, um, and, and I start creeping in. And, um, man, I can, I, all of a sudden I can see big red and he's out there and I don't have much covered at, at all. I've got one tree and then, um, I've got some ungulation, but I can't put myself right behind the tree because the branches are high enough where he's kind of lower than it. And then I keep stalking in and I, I'm just, I'm so quiet. It's grass. Everything's wet. Uh, I've got the wind and it's just like I've got him right in front of me in striking distance. And now it's just a matter of, of closing the deal. It's a matter of doing my part and moving in close, uh, 
slow and, and not making any mistakes. And so bears, you can stalk them in the wide open, which is different. Like, I don't think I could stalk an elk or a deer here. Maybe with the ungulation, I could get close inside a hundred yards, pay attention to their heads and maybe close in a little bit more. But with bears, he's just got his head down feeding and the, the sow's got her head down feeding. And so as they're down feeding, I'm just able to close in just silent. And if he picks up his head, I freeze. They're so focused on feeding. I, I don't think he picked up his head, but maybe once or twice in the whole stock. And so I keep kind of low so I don't have this uh, big human silhouette just standing in the, you know, like golf course grass moving in on them. Um, so keep kind of low, move in, keep my eyes on them and just start closing in and closing in. And finally I get to where I know I'm bow range and I, I, I ranged them a couple times moving in. And so I got close and I got like in, inside that, that, that shot that I want. Um, I, I like to get bears like inside 50 or in those 40 ranges, um, just because their vitals are a third the size of a whitetail and they're dangerous game. You want to put an absolute perfect shot on them. But I was at uh, 54 and like I told you earlier, bears never stop moving. And so I was at 54 and I was really like out of cover, out of ungulation where it, it was like I was going to really start to expose myself to try to get closer. And so I uh, know I can make that shot. I, I practice year round and uh, makeable shot for me. And so uh, just sat and kind of waited for my opportunity, made sure I had a good range. And then, um, yeah, that, that big red boar. Uh, and he turned and, and gave me like a good slightly quartering away and, um, man settled my pin and that execution I tell you guys about, like, um, I just had it going through my head and prepared for it. The most important step for me is to pull, pull, pull. It's to not get my pin on that animal and go now, you know, and if I, if I pull on my shot and, and do what I'm supposed to do, I know I can make any shot out there, or any shot I'm going to take, you know, and so that was exactly it. Um, came back to full draw, went through my process. Uh, my pin found its mark on, on the bear, pull, pull, pull. And on animals, the shot breaks so quick. The difference between now and pull is like maybe less than a second, but that's the difference between me making a good shot. So stuck my pin on them, pulled my shot like I was supposed to, watched it sail through the earth and then um, just absolutely nailed that bear. Um, quartering away, middle of body, quartered up through them, just money. And, you know, it's so wild to hit this bear and I, I've told you guys this before, but anytime you hit a bear with an arrow, you always think, oh shit, what did I just do? You know, it's like, uh, they just, they flip out. They go zero to a hundred so quick, you know? And so, um, same thing with this bear. I, I stroked him, put a good shot on him. And instantly he went from this feeding docile bear to this explosion of fur and roar and spinning, trying to bite the arrow. Like they just freak out when you hit them. And so that's exactly what he did. And then took off down the hill and then heard him going through some thick stuff down there. And, um, so, you know, I, I gave it a little time by now, you know, it's, it's like, um, sun's starting to set. I got maybe a half hour, 40 minutes full of light, uh, left of light. So gave him a little time, went up and, um, found where I'd shot him and, um, didn't find much blood. He just ran so fast down and through there and their hair soaks up so much blood. And I like shooting them with expandables for a good blood trail. So I had that that evolution hybrid. So it's got a three quarter fixed on the front and then it's got an expandable inch and five eighths in the back. It's a great bear broadhead. And, um, so yeah, I stroked that through him. He ran into the thick brush, but as I got close, man, I could hear stuff down there in the brush and I'm not sure if it was big red dying down in there. Um, you know, I definitely, uh, oh, I heard, um, heard a couple death moans a long ways off. And so, you know, I was pretty sure I had him down or whatever, but then I, I walk up and I'm just next to this thick brush and I can't see into it. I've got to go crawl into it, uh, with my bow and, uh, start getting close to it. Man, I can hear all this stuff down in the brush and popping. And I, I actually think that black sow was hanging around that, that boar after he expired. And so she was hanging around in the timber down in there and get close to that timber. And man, I'd start hearing stuff and commotion. I'm thinking, gosh, um, I don't, I don't know, you know, if I want to dive in there right now, I had thoughts of like, do I 
head to the truck and and grab you know my shotgun with slugs and just come back in the morning and make sure that I give this bear enough time to die. I definitely don't want to go in too quick on a wounded bear, but I'm also losing light and don't want to be tracking that thing in the dark down and through there either. And so, you know, I've got some decisions to make and I can hear that bear down there. So I kind of circle around and give my wind to where those bears are. And um, don't not really hearing any sounds. And then I circle around the other way where I can get to the crick and kind of look up the crick and not really hearing much anymore. So I think it was that black sow and she had took off and uh, look up in that bottom and I can see giant red and he's expired. And he didn't he didn't make it 100 yards. He's so stoked. Like, um, man, I mean, um, I, I just I, I'd love I, I absolutely love bow hunting and I, I just love the challenge of it. I love everything that it takes to be able to come out on top like that. I mean, even if it would have taken me five years of effort to kill this bear, it's still worth it. Like, um, so 20, 25 plus days or whatever I had in this season and, and able to close the deal on a giant boar. And he's just got this giant pumpkin head. He's a roly poly bear. He's got this strawberry red color, like not even cinnamon, just like this, this red to him you know which is a a real rare color phase which is super cool so i just i soaked it in man i mean <laughs> it's it's like uh it's like winning the super bowl or um uh winning a championship fight like it's just like you i put so much into it you know it means so much and i don't need success to feel fulfilled um but man it sure feels good when it comes together um so yeah i mean able to um, soak it all in and grab a couple photos before it got dark, barely, and um, and uh, start the butchering process. So uh, ended up butchering them that night. Um, I think that sow came back in at night. I heard some sticks breaking, and I'm bent down working on this bear, you know, and then hearing stuff in the dark, I got my headlamp. You know, it's uh, it's always, you know, the boogeyman isn't out there, but, you know, when you got a black sow that it's um, – kind of pissed you shot her man or whatever like you never know what's going to happen so definitely got to have your head on a swivel and, and make sure I'm making the right choice so I did hear her or something else at one point coming in and so I had to take a break grab my pistol and get my headlamp over there and just make sure that she wasn't sneaking up on me but yeah I got them all processed <laughs> the back out is just brutal because he's just such a big bear and I've been able to one trip out bears before but this one should have been a two-tripper, but I was on the way back to my truck when I checked this spot, so it wasn't like I had 10 miles to trek with this thing, you know, it it, it wasn't bad, but oh my gosh, that head and hide, that's got to be 70, 80 pounds, and then, you know, it had to be 70, 80 pounds of me, it's like, I could take about 10 steps and have to take a break, it's stupid, I should really two-trip it, but I, I, you know, initially I wanted to get the bear away from the carcass, away from that black sow, and then I've got all the weight on my back anyways, and it's just like, well, I'll just go a little bit further, a little bit further, and it, it wasn't that big a deal, but I mean, it was definitely like, I'd, I'd hate to put that pack on a scale, 130, 140 pounds, I don't know. Is stupid. I mean, it's got to be pretty stupid to make my legs sore, and it, you know, definitely more than a hundred pound pack. I don't know where it was. I just know it was heavy. But you know, that's that's uh, why I train so hard and can trust my body and just know that I can, you know, I can huff out about anything. And and at that point, you know, it, you can smack the smile off my face. I mean, I just killed uh, the bore of a lifetime with my bow and arrow at close range. It all came together. You know, it's like man. It's um it's 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 gonna be pretty tough to uh to uh get me to quit or you know get me not to to have a smile on my face so it's just super cool and I love the adventure I love going for it so yeah I got them all packed out checked in just a, a an awesome spring season so still got a couple weeks here still want to help buddies out but um just it just readies me like um you know being on these hunts and and um taking it all in and, and, and really grabbing this insight. Like I can think of things in my home that are pertinent to, to public land hunting and what can make me better, but it's just different when you're, when you're there and doing it, you know, when you, when you have those feelings, have those emotions, when you hit those challenges. I mean, I walked so many days in the pouring rain this year. I mean, the weather was, was horrible. I mean, not only that snowstorm couple days that I told you guys about, but after that I, w I was going and, um, gosh, I mean, there's, there was a couple two three days where I mean it was just an absolute pouring rain like um you know it, 
I, I see these big storms coming in and then I'm just thinking, well, if they break, it'll be good, you know, or maybe if it's just misty, like they'll, the bears will still come out and, and just go to get soaking wet for about four hour hike around or whatever. But again, it comes back to that mentality and that, that mental fortitude and just, um, you know, being tough and being able to endure and, and who knows, maybe one of those days, you know, it definitely could have paid off and I could have bumped into a bear, could have cleared. And then all of a sudden that's that giant boar that I need. And just like the night I killed that bear, um, you know, I'd been hunting hard for quite a few days with my buddy Dan in a row. And, um, you know, I was tired and worn out. I, I'd ran that morning, got my dog out for a run that morning. You know, it would have been really easy not to go. Um, just say, no, I'm, I'm just going to hang out with you girls tonight. We're going to cook dinner and do this. But I just know bear season's short. I got 15 days left, two weeks, and I've got the support of my family. Like, I'd, I got to go. I got to try. Even if I don't see one tonight, I got to be out. Got to try. You know, that's the only way I'm going to get it done. So, again, it's just like these hunts, they they – they, they start and end all with our mind. And, and I'm no different than any one of you guys. Like I've, I've just structured my life where I get a bunch of time to hunt and, you know, I, uh, you know, I, I've got my finances in order where I can uh, afford to at least go do these public land ventures and plan for them. And I can take the time off work being a business owner and, and, um, you know, having the guys cover for me. And so I've just structured my life where I get a bunch of time out, but really I, I, I'm no different. Like I've just have this, this drive, um, to become better, to evolve, to improve, to be at my very best and to really challenge myself on these hunts. And every hunt, like I'm adding layers to my toughness, even this year, walking in rainstorms, walking in snowstorms, uh, getting to the trailhead, seeing multiple rigs, uh, you know, all that stuff, um, going day after day, like a lot of, my trail running is just making myself do it day in, day out. It's discipline. And same thing with this bear hunt. It's just being out there, making myself go day after day and putting forth the effort, not taking the easy way, not sitting in my truck and glassing. It's it's hiking up this drainage and checking out this spot and looking for sign. And it doesn't always pay off, but eventually it pays off. You know, it's it's all this this drive and this this internal voice. And it's just deciding what you want in life and then going out and getting it. You know, it's like you just decide you want to be a good hunter and that doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen in one season, but multiple seasons or like in my case, you know, I talk about 15 years for bears, but you know, 20, 25 years of bow hunting and especially like the last 15, 20 of really committing myself wholeheartedly uh, to this game, you know, to, to putting in the work to improving and getting better. And now, you know, I, I definitely get to see the the payoff of it. So man, I'm just super stoked. It couldn't start the, the year off any better other than uh, maybe helping a couple of my buddies be successful as well. Um, so I'm definitely going to continue on that. And, man, i got some awesome trips coming up. I've, I've got my my really good friends in, in Hawaii that I truly love. They're just great guys. And um, Sean's got an elk tag he drew this year, so he's going to be out hunting with me. Uh, my other two buddies, they've got a, another elk tag out west here, and so they'll be out hunting. But they're, they're just great human beings, and so um, – yeah, they're gonna invite me out and host me this year. They're actually uh, Dan and I are gonna gonna fly out to Hawaii and hunt a bit. And it's so generous of those guys to to share these spots that have taken them years to develop or get permission on or to learn, you know. And I I know it doesn't come easy. And um, so I, I'm just um, man, I'm super fortunate to be surrounded by good family and good friends like these guys that invited me out or are going to host me. And so I get to go chase axis deer again. So, uh, in July, uh, it'll, you know, I know the, the, the main part of the rut kind of happens in June, but you know, axis deer in Hawaii, it's like the, the temperature is nice all year long. And so they're kind of different phases of the rut. And so I think July, they'll still be rutting hard. Well, heck I've hunted it in August and they're still rutting. So I know they'll still be rutting, but those axes are a special species, man. I really love those things. And I, I, you know, same thing there. I just want to hold out for a really good buck, a really good 30 inch buck. And, you know, I might kill a doe or two for some, some great venison to bring home that axis deer eats so good, but just want to, to go and, and, uh, I want to kill one of those really good axis bucks. And I've seen 30 inches out there. Uh, my Hawaii buddies, man, they, 
um, they're they're such proficient good hunters. They they've killed a lot of thirties. I saw another one that that Sean killed this year that is just a beast of an axis deer and killed it in one of um, one of Rob's spots, which is really cool. Um, Rob got permission on a spot and, and invited his friends in there, and Sean killed this this great big buck. And I, I've seen Rob's been successful this year as, uh, as well. And uh, no, Janus is always getting after him. So they they're just great guys. We're gonna go have a great time. It's gonna be a quick hunt, but um, super stoked to go do that so i have that on the horizon and then um i finally drew a muley tag uh can you believe it like um i'm lucky and fortunate i know i'll be hunting this year whether i draw a special tag or not like um there's enough over-the-counter tags and uh, general season tags and i get my tags every year here in montana so man i'm extremely fortunate i get to hunt every year so i really can't complain and you know I've, i've drawn um you know i've drawn a lot of decent tags over the years and so like um you know blanking this year and um bunch of different states and a bunch of different species you know it's 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 not that big a deal i know i'll get them eventually but i did end up with a good early season mule deer tag uh but this place is super extreme it's gonna be a a a vintage high country hunt way above timberline uh deep back country to get into a giant large country like this this country it even scares me a little bit which is super exciting which is what i love you know the the challenge of this uh this extreme mountaineering and being able to survive up there and i know i'm going to face challenges like lately um i've been seeing guys like in the state be battling like like bad snow conditions and bad snowstorms that come in which i've dealt with before on different hunts and um you know there can always be rain and there's always going to be lightning in these early season hunts in that high country and then the challenges uh, of people and deer and, and everything included but i just can't wait i can't wait to to face these hurdles and these challenges i can't wait to just keep this training going and and being at my absolute very best you know um man i i want to give it my all and just have some huge adventures this year and so this is a great one knowing i got this tag in my pocket and these tags are getting tougher and tougher to come by and so you know i need to cherish these these opportunities you know so when i get these opportunities you know it's it's not a a five or a seven day hunt and i know i'm i'm busy with construction work but it's like man i'm gonna take as much time as i can and soak all this up and so you know i want to I want to dedicate at least 10 days, 12 days, 14 days to this hunt, you know, to, to make sure I give myself enough time to give myself a chance at success. So, um, man, I, I've, um, like I say, busy at Barney construction and I got a lot of responsibilities and I'm really trying to be at my best in every facet of my life and take care of things. But, um, you guys know as well as I do once hunting season gets here, um, I'll, I'll make sure things get done. I'll make sure responsibilities get done. But I mean, that's what I absolutely live for is, um, for hunting season and, and testing myself. And so, um, you can bet that I'll be prepared and, uh, I'll have all my responsibilities taken care of and, um, you know, everything that the guys need to, to move forward. And man, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to go cut my, these legs loose on, on some adventures with my bow and arrow. So, um, man, it, it, uh, again, it all comes down to making a shot. So it's like, um, even my practice this year, it's just, um, more arrows, quality execution, talking myself through the shot, all those little things, fine tuning that bow. And man, that V3 is just shooting. Um, I think that's, that's two animals with that bow. Now I've, uh, killed that, um, desert buck with it in January. And then, um, now this bear is so really off to a, a good relationship with this bow. <laughs> I think, uh, me and this bow are going to get along. So, um, man, I'm just super stoked. So I just wanted to jump on, tell you guys the story. I know it's long winded, you know, the, um, there's just, uh, so much, so much great insight that I learned, like being on these hunts, like I was telling you guys before. So, man, I'm just super stoked for season and, um, super stoked to bring you guys some really good podcasts, man. We've had some good ones lately. I've got a few more good ones on the the docket coming up and then, you know, starting to record right now in the summer, some, some great guests and great conversations that's pertinent to being the, you know, the best public land hunter you guys can be, you know, it's, it's not about some secret spot or some secret draw. It's about building this skill set where you're undeniable, 
where you have the skill set built in your your fitness and your mental toughness and your shooting and in your glassing skills and in and locating animals and and reading terrain and you know all these things like all these different facets combined to be your hunting skill set you know and and when you come in when you park your truck at a place and you have the the this unbelievable hunting skill set that you've honed for uh, years in the making, like you're undeniable. Like it's just a matter of time before you get it done. And not every time and not saying that you can't go in and run into somebody in your secret basin. But when you got the attitude that you're just going to keep going and go find a different spot or a new spot or keep hiking or go further, you're, you're going to do whatever it takes to give yourself a chance at success. And so really work on that, that hunting skill set, stalking skill. Like there's so many, so much that goes into it, but you know, that's the key is working on that hunting skill set, e-scouting, uh, uh, real life scouting, uh, uh, being able to endure conditions. Like there's all these things that go into it, but when you build like this, this awesome hunting skill set, you know, you can show up at these places and expect to be successful. And, um, so anyways, uh, man, thanks for listening. You guys, thanks for the, the support, man, all the kind, um, comments on IG. You guys are just too nice. Um, man, I, I really like sharing this journey with you guys and, and I like that you guys enjoy the content and it, it just reminds me that there's guys out there just like me that, that dream about these hunts and, 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 and dream about, you know, putting that perfect arrow in that bear, that perfect arrow in that bull, and then put in all the work to get there and then accomplish it. You know, I, I know you guys listen to this podcast because you're you're wired just like I am. So keep working hard towards your goals, uh, make them a reality this season. Yeah, it's there for the taking. It's going to be an awesome year. So uh, thanks, guys. I really appreciate you, and uh, check in with you guys next week.